Hey, welcome to the Stephanie Stevens Show, where I help you discover the power of communication and the keys that unlock the doors to freedom in every area of your life. Hello, my dear friend. I am so grateful to be connecting with you today. You know what I haven't said to you in uh, a couple of podcasts is that number one, I'm really grateful that you would allow for me to spend some time with you today. You listen to podcasts because you're smart. I mean, that's what the statistics say. Smart people listen to podcasts. (laughs) People that want to grow, people that want to learn, people that are looking to succeed in any given arena. So I am honored that somebody like you would allow me into your life. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, If you like what you hear or there's anything that I talk about that you think somebody would really resonate with or might benefit them in any way, if you would share that, man, I'll tell you what, the ripple effect on that can be really powerful. And then if you'd be so kind as to rate the podcast especially if you like it. I think that would be even more helpful. Um, Again, thank you for your time today. So here's what I wanted to get into. I'm doing a series on autism. We're going to be talking here and there about autism because it's one of my fields of expertise and I live it every day. I have a son, my second out of four children, second son has a diagnosis of autism. And so I do want to reach out to people, the one in 40, one in 40 families now who is being diagnosed with a neurological disorder, developmental disorder, or autism, or any type of related condition. One in 40. I'm going to keep saying that until somebody hears me. It's just, it's the facts. So um, there are a lot of people to reach out to in this arena, and because I have lived this life now for 25 years, I want to speak into and encourage those who are newly diagnosed or who are going through uh, dealing with raising, parenting, or caring for a young adult with or even an older adult with autism. Welcome to the club, baby. You are part of an elite group. Oh, you didn't ask to be a part of this group? <laughs> I know but somebody chose it for you anyway. And so here you are. Now, one of the things I wanna speak to you about is how you will find your groove with life. It will happen, it will happen. At first, things are a little bit tumultuous and you're learning about this thing called autism or whatever neurological or developmental disability that you are dealing with. You're learning about it. You're grappling with your own feelings about it. You're weighing your options. What does this mean for our family? What does this mean? If you have other kids, what does it mean for our other kids? Listen, I was a single mom most of my years raising my four kids. Okay, I was married to my kid's father when this diagnosis came. And I'll tell you what, here's what you find out. You find out who the people around you really are. You find out true colors very, very quickly when the rubber meets the road and you are faced with a challenge, you're going to find out quickly who the people are around you. So prepare yourself for that and listen, it's part of it. It's totally intentional. It is exactly the way it's going to be, and it's good for you. And you'll see why later on as you continue on 
in this journey. But you will be searching now for your support mechanisms and you will be probably, hopefully, reaching out to other people in your very own community with sons or daughters of this or a similar diagnosis. What I want to share with you today is that even though you are struggling right now with communicating with your loved one, and maybe it's because of their age, maybe it's because of the diagnosis, or maybe it's a combination of the both. I wrestled tremendously not being able to communicate with my own son in a way that I thought he could really comprehend or understand. I wanted to share with him how much I loved him, and I would have loved some reciprocation. Listen, they're not going to be able to reciprocate the way you and I would hope they would as a son or daughter. They will reciprocate in other ways. It's going to be brand new to you, but it will be there. It will be there. So what I came to learn about my son, Benjamin, was some incredible nuances that I didn't make room for when I was so busy trying to change him and heal him and cure him. Because I spent years trying to fix, fix the problem. And the more time went on and the more it became clear to me that my job here was not to fix and fix and fix. And it wasn't going to be for a lack of trying, let me tell you, because we tried so many different therapies and modalities and techniques and tactics. And I actually was trained by uh, a top PhD in applied behavioral analysis and discrete trial training therapies to the, to the degree where I became an expert in it myself, even got certified as a behavioral therapist just so that I could not only work with my son, but also so that I could work with other kids as well. It's that whole physician heal thyself. Now, you know, a lot of us get into the field of work that we want to most garner from because we need it. Like we need it for ourselves or for somebody that we love. So we will study and practice and eventually maybe even master something because we needed that very thing so bad. Then you will eventually turn around and help use it to benefit others. That's part of that gleaning process and that giving backstage in your life. But in the very beginning, it's just like, you know, collecting as much information as you can in order to benefit yourself or your situation. And that's great. That's good. So I was trained by the best in the area and I became very well versed in all of these types of therapies and did turn around and take that opportunity and help others. I started two organizations over the course of time. And that's for a different podcast because today my focus for you is helping to encourage you in that you will find that groove. You will find something and you will see um, little measures of progress here and there. They may be slow, and especially in the very beginning, but once you see a little measure of something that is allowing for uh, um, a flow in your family, a flow with the situation, some type of benefit to your son and daughter, whatever that looks like, whatever it is, once you find that, and you start kind of riding a wave on the surfboard that's not crashing down on you, right? That you're kind of riding on top of the wave for a little while. You are going to suddenly begin to know this human being in a brand new way that you never thought was possible. 
I remember when I stopped perseverating myself on fixing my son, praying every night for healing, asking God for the miracle, asking others for the miracle, being angry, being upset, being frustrated, wondering what was wrong with me, you know, firing therapists and hiring different ones, you name it, tried it all, did it all. Once I let go of the fix, 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 and I stopped looking at this as a problem, and I started looking at this situation as a circumstance in life that was intentional, that was um, providing something, okay? It was going to provide something beneficial on a larger scale, on a, in a bigger perspective, for everybody involved, not, not just me, not just my son, but for many other people. And I let go of that, oh, this is a problem I need to fix. I started seeing my son through different eyes. I started seeing him through eyes of wonder and awe because I started to connect with his soul. And I learned patience. And I learned to put my own nervous systems, minor or sometimes major irritations to bed. And I started learning how to even out some of that space so that I had a wider bandwidth, a greater threshold of patience to work with him, to hear him, to watch him, to watch the fascinating things he would do. Here's what you need to know about kids with these types of diagnosis, they are fascinating. And just because they don't process language the way you and I do does not mean there isn't a whole heck of a lot going on in there. There's a tremendous amount. These kids are typically highly intelligent, even though no one would ever know it because they just are not able to communicate in ways that would exhibit what we know to be that type of intelligence. But the ways in which they see the world, the ways in which the smallest of things can bring them the greatest amount of pressure really ought to inspire us. Hey, it should inspire you and I that somebody can be fascinated with their face sticking out the window and just be filled with sheer bliss because the wind is blowing in their face going down the road in the car. How incredible is that? Now, I, I can almost hear what you're going to say. Yeah, but that's because they don't have to work and they don't have to pay bills and they don't have to figure out things and they don't have to solve problems and they don't have to deal with the stress of the world. I don't know what they have to deal with and neither do you. I don't know how heightened their sensory systems are and what this world sounds like, smells like, tastes and feels like to them. But here's what I do know. Very early on, we took my son in for an audiology test because I thought he was deaf. I thought for sure he's not paying attention to the normal things, and so for sure he doesn't hear. And yet, isn't it curious that every time a toilet flushes in the house, he will run to go watch the water swirl around? Like, how can he know that's happening if he can't hear? What is happening? There's a strange disconnect. Had his hearing tested only to find that my son processes seven frequencies that your and my brains would never pick up. Now, imagine what the world sounds like to somebody with heightened sensory systems, with a neurological system by which the, a mere touch feels like sandpaper, 
or a sound is amplified 70 times or the, the way the light hits their eyes skews it and causes a, 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 such a bright um, f- feedback loop in their brain that they have to kind of shelter their eyes. You ever see kids with these diagnoses cover their eyes? I do. You ever hear them cover their ears? I see it all the time. You ever wonder why they become sort of reclusive or kind of spin in little circles or pace back and forth in a different part of the room where a lot of the activity is happening? It's because their sensory systems are on major overload. Can you imagine? So when you start to watch how brilliant they are at problem solving, and a lot of kids who are nonverbal engage in behaviors, they're called level one, level two, level three behaviors. Wonder why? I wonder if it's because they don't have a communication mechanism in order to get their own needs met. So when you don't have language, what do you do to indicate that you are in severe or serious pain? That your head hurts? That your body is hurting you somehow, some way? How do you communicate that? Well, a lot of the behaviors that kids exhibit are an example or or an amplification of or a manifestation of something going on in their bodies, a gut that is pained because there's some type of dietary issue or allergen that nobody else knows about, and it's just turning their belly up on the inside. Or maybe their skin feels horribly itchy or prickly in whatever they're wearing, and they just they know they're not supposed to take their clothes off, and yet they feel like they're going to jump out of their skin. I mean, you and I could imagine all day what's going on in those little minds and brains and bodies. But as you watch, I'm asking you to become curious, become fascinated, become filled with wonder and awe when you watch some of the interesting behaviors and start determining that this little man or woman here, this little boy or girl is a brilliant problem solver and they'll find ways. And when you begin to observe this and see this, you'll begin connecting with them in a different kind of a way, in a brand new and incredibly amazing way, in a profound way, it may move you when you start to see the magnificent boy or girl that lives on the inside of this diagnosis that we call autism, that we really, truly, really don't know all that much about because we can go to those who have diagnoses, who have written books like Temple Grandin, one of the very famous authors who has autism, Um, She was prominent in her work with the cattle industry and has written a couple books about it. But that's one woman's experience. And that's a woman who was able to find a mechanism for communication. And that was writing. As you stand back in wonder and curiosity and awe and watch them, and as you release that gotta fix, gotta fix, gotta fix and become curious, you and this incredible soul will become connecting And I began to notice that when I would say things to my son and talk to him in a very heartfelt and normal way and even tease with him sometimes, not expecting a response, not even asking for a response, I would watch his face and he would giggle or laugh sometimes at the things I would say. And I knew that he absolutely could understand what I was saying, but again, didn't have access to that verbal communication that expressive communication in order to respond. But he was responding. He was responding non-verbally. 
Listen, between 70 and 93% of all communication is nonverbal. That's across the board. So even though it feels like you may not have a mechanism to communicate with your loved one right now, you absolutely do. You have that sacred spirit-to-spirit, soul-to-soul connection. And that is felt, and that is real. And as you extend yourself in curiosity and wonder and start to learn, let this boy or girl teach you. I'm not kidding. You're going to be shocked at how much you end up learning about life through the eyes of a young man or woman with autism. Shocked. I marvel. I still marvel, and I am still so incredibly inspired. And as you watch and become curious and learn, and this young boy or girl will teach you, trust me, if you're open to it, they will teach you. They will teach you how they are best communicated with. Pay attention and learn as you do, because whatever works, when you find that groove, you will start connecting with their soul and the relationship, the relationship between the two of you will start to change. It'll start to unfold. It'll find its own special groove, just like a dance. You will find ways to connect in ways you maybe never even thought was possible. Maybe it's sitting right next to them and coloring or painting something in total silence. Maybe it's rolling around on the floor and watching them do somersaults and you just go ahead and try one too, see what they do. They may totally ignore you. They may stop and stare at you for half a second, be very curious, and then they might just proceed. (laughs) But you'll find it. You will find it. Parent to parent, I'm telling you. You'll find a sacred space. Now, it doesn't mean that you are not going to go through the challenges. You're going to need patience, which means you are going to need to, and I'm going to encourage you to spend time doing things even for 30 minutes a day that you really love, that is just you, that does not depend on anybody or anything else. It's just you. Maybe it's you in the garden for 30 minutes. Maybe it's you doing some yoga or stretching. Maybe it's you doing a meditation or reading a book. Maybe it's you playing an instrument like the guitar. It doesn't matter, but I am highly encouraging you. You must carve out 30 minutes a day, at least, to go ahead and engage some activity that feeds your soul, that is just in your control, because this journey sometimes feels out of control. You know, the behaviors, they they seem out of control. The, The system is out of your control. But find something that's in, within your purview, within your control, something you can create that is just yours. It's your special sacred way of communicating with with God, with others, with the earth, with whatever it is. Find it. Just find that thing. And make yourself a commitment to take 30 minutes and do that thing every day. And I know good and well that you know, there's not going to be any balance. We talked about that. We'll talk about it more again in an upcoming episode of the podcast, but balance is not going to happen anytime soon. You're going to need to focus when you need to focus. And when you're tired and you have to have a break, then you take a break, but you're going to have to give yourself what you need in the moment in order to continue to create that bandwidth and have the wherewithal and have the energy to stay patient and moving forward 
along this journey as it unfolds, as you learn, as you connect, and as this becomes a brand new way of life for you, you're going to find the joys. There are hard times. Yeah, you've probably already experienced many of them. But wait until you sink your teeth into some of the laughter and some of the joys and some of the interesting times and the people that you will meet and the connections that you will have and the others you will encourage and support as you step in and start riding on top of the wave of this journey. You're going to look like a pro. I can't wait to connect with you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to The Stephanie Stevens Show. Please remember to subscribe so we can stay connected and you never miss an episode of the podcast. Oh, and if you haven't left a rating yet, please be sure to do so. It helps incredible people like you find the podcast. We'll see you on the next episode.